All right, everybody. Hey, good to see all of you here today. Uh, just uh, if you do have to exit out here at any time, uh, there, as you go out into the hall, just be cautious. I think the floor might still be a little wet. We had a water issue. Okay, they got it pretty much dry. Okay, well, that's great. Whoever helped with that, thank you so much for making sure the floors are safe and dry. Um, well, it is so good to be with you. Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Let me invite you to open up, first of all, in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm chapter 143. And then, uh, then we're going to turn just a few pages and uh, head over to one of the minor prophets, uh, Habakkuk chapter 3. Psalm 143 and then Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, last week, uh, one of my pastors, uh, part of our outside elder team was here, Pastor Rick Pastors Rick and Susan Bennett both were here last week. Phenomenal day. If you missed last week, uh, and, it, and it's not a habit of yours to go back to our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org, uh, go to our website and uh, pull that message down. You can download it and listen to that uh, right from your, your phones or, or right on your computer, however you like to do that. And uh, last week's message called Taking Off the Limits. Uh, I, I, it was just one of those very timely words uh, that God sent to us and spoke to us uh, through through Rick, uh, very timely, very very encouraging. I kind of have this picture in my mind. It was kind of like one of those. It was one of those messages like you were in a boxing ring, and and his message was the combination of punches that knocked out your opponent. And that's kind of the mental picture I have of of that message uh, taking off the limit. So that's kind of what it will. That's what it will do for your spirit, man. Uh, when you get that and you listen, go back and listen to that. It's Gosh, it's chock full of scriptures. If you know Rick, he likes to run through the entire Bible in 30 minutes, and he's so good at that. But uh, it just all came together so beautifully and just really, really, it was a strong, strong uh, heart changing and heart challenging word that just really built you up. So I encourage you to go go back to, to, to listen to that message, and it actually just fits real well into the series that we're in called Forward. We're in a series called Forward. And we're going to continue with that today. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Brother Charles, uh, one of our long-standing members, he says to tell the church hello, uh, that he's doing much better. I uh, went by to see him yesterday at, at his house, took him some homemade food that uh, Haley made for him, and uh, dropped it off, got to visit with him in a few minutes. He's doing exceptionally better, a whole lot better. And uh, he says, I hope to be back to the church real soon. But he said, please tell everybody that I said hello. And how many of you guys remember uh, a, a younger brother in our church, Eric Russell? How many of you remember Eric Russell? He used to ride the bicycle all over town when he lived here. I talked to Eric a couple of weeks ago, and he, he said to tell the church hi as well. He's doing good. And he lives up in Chicago. He was a part of our church family for many, many, many years. And just a, just a good, good brother. And uh, anyway, it's nice to know that when people move away and they call and they like to say hi. And so I, I told him I would relay his hi to the church. So there you go on behalf of those, those folks. All right, Psalm 143. This is a prayer of David. We're going we're gonna to actually start in verse 10. And he starts out this whole thing in verse 1 by just saying, Hear, hear my prayer, Lord, hear my prayer. And he prays and he says this in verse 10 as it's recorded. It says, he says, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward. Everyone say, lead me forward. 
May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Verse 11, for the glory of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. And because of your faithfulness, bring me out. Everyone say, bring me out. Bring me out of this distress. Let's look over in the minor prophet Habakkuk chapter 3. going to read it out of the message translation. It's a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk, or some might call him Habakkuk, however you, your southern vernacular likes to come across. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Chewbacca, no, not Chewbacca, that's Star Wars. Um, I hope I don't get in trouble with that one. Uh, it says, a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk with orchestra. We're supposed to have the orchestra playing right now. He, he, he prays this. He said, God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you. And I'm stopped in my tracks, down on my knees. Do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. And as you bring judgment, as you surely must, remember mercy. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are thankful for today. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for the church. We're thankful for our church, God. We're so thankful for what you are doing in our midst and also what you want to do in our lives. We give you our time and our attention right now, our devotion, Lord, to hear what you have to say. Word of God, speak to me. Would you just say that, echo that with me? Say, Word of God, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I kind of suckered you into praying a prayer there, um, if you prayed it. These two guys, the, David... And the prophet Habakkuk, their prayers, they're offering up prayers. They're going to the Lord with a deep, sincere prayer. David, both of them in times of distress, both of them in times of, of an up, of upset and uproar. David being chased still by King Saul. David not yet the rightful king as, as God had anointed him for, had not taken place. The prophet Habakkuk, on behalf of the people of Israel and Judah, uh, pray, God, Help us. We heard what you've done in the past, but we want you to move right now. Amen? How many of you have heard of some things God has done in the past? How many of you, God has moved in your life in the past? Anybody has God ever moved in your life before? Whether you, whether you acknowledge it or not, God has moved in your life before, whether you know it or not. He, is, he, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. God does not take a shift off. He doesn't phone it in. He doesn't text it in. He doesn't call it in. He, he doesn't get a sick day because God, in him, there is none. He is always on the throne, and he was always searching the earth. He is always looking around. He is always at work on our behalf. But prayer, on our behalf, when we pray, as these guys did, they prayed, God, help, God. David said, lead my life forward according to your will. Lead my life forward on a firm footing. Amen. It's one, one, way, it's one way to actually go forward 
But it's a whole nother way to go forward on firm footing, sure footing, strong, solid, stable footing. And he said, deliver me, get me out of my distress. And Habakkuk prayed, God, work among us today. Whatever you have done before, oh man, oh Lord, move now in my day and time. Move here in my situation. Anybody got a situation you need God to move in? God, move in my life. Move in my day. Move in my hour. These are prayers. And today as we talk in this series called Forward, I want to talk to you about a message I've titled Create Space in Prayer. Create Space in Prayer. Today I'm going to talk about probably one of the most, if not the most, um, talked about subject in churches across the world, and that is prayer. I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's not one that's often talked about a whole lot. And it's often one when you hear that a preacher say, I'm going to talk about prayer, he's taking a chance that people are going to go to sleep on him or, or dabble on their phones and besides looking at you version the Bible app and looking at something else. And so I'm taking a chance here to talk to you today about prayer. But if you'll hang with me, if you'll stay attentive, it's not my job to entertain. Amen? It's your job to pay attention, my job to be responsible. So that's what I attempt to do today. Can you flow with me in that? Because I believe, if, like any one of us, we, we desire, hopefully desire, a stronger, more pure, more consistent, more authentic prayer life. Amen? And so I want to talk to you today about creating space in your life in prayer. If our lives are going to move forward in the Lord and we're going to accomplish what he wants, live the purpose, fulfill our destiny, all those things, and living just, just in, 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 in sincere terms as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Christ, one who has repented of our old ways and turned towards the Lord in the new ways and, and has become a new person in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. Prayer must be foundational. Prayer. Here's one of the things prayer does. Prayer creates space and makes room in our life for God to occupy and to move. Prayer creates space and makes room for God to, to move and to occupy our life. It's like in anything, if, if, you're, if you're, if you're going to... Um, if you're, gonna, if, you're, if you're parked in a, in a uh, parallel parking spot, there's someone in front of you and someone behind you. And, and by the way, if they're real, real tight up on you, then you're going to have to stay there until somebody, what, makes some room. I mean, you could do the old uh, despicable me and, and, and back, back and forth, back and forth, and just plow over the car and leave and not care. You could, but then you're going you're gonna to really be in trouble later. And, or you, you have to just wait until someone moves and that creates space so that you can move and go forward. Prayer does that. Prayer creates space. Prayer makes room for God to move in our life and to occupy. Everyone say make room. Obviously, prayer is the norm of every believer. Let's look at some of these scriptures here. And by the way, as I preach this message today, it, is, it, it certainly does not come from a place of I have perfected my prayer life and, and, and my, my communication with God is elite and, and, and I'm here to tell you how to do it. No, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm with you. I'm 26 years this year learning this journey with God, learning how it works. Let's look at this. Prayer is the norm of, 
of, of believers, um, whatever the first one is. Yeah, Colossians, it says, Paul says, hey, we always pray for you. How many of you thank God for people who always pray for you? Come on, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. How about that? Let's go on to the next one. Philippians 1, every time, Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make request for all of you with joy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Easier said than done, right? <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate God can work with honest people. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all he has done. Then, this is all in the context of praying, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How about that? Prayer is the norm of Believers. I like what Max Licato says, actually, Pastor Max Licato and author, he says this about prayer. Prayer isn't a privilege for the pious, nor the art of a chosen few. Prayer is simply a heartfelt conversation between God and his child. Which leads us to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus teaching his disciples. This come, comes in the context in Matthew of the Sermon on the Mount. And in other gospels, the disciples have come to Jesus and, tell, and ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. We want to be able to pray. Teach us. And he's in this message here in this sermon. And he's saying, when you pray. He's saying, when you pray. In other words, this is expectant. You're, you're going to pray, so when you pray. He says that a few different times, and in verse 9 he says, When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And he gives this teaching. It's what's we call the what's been called the Lord's Prayer. Not necessarily as that's the only words we say when we pray, that we become Use it as a format, as a, as, a, as a script per se, but use it more as an example. And plus, it teaches us a whole lot, which we'll get into. But here's the thing. Mark records this thing about Jesus. It's recorded throughout the Gospels. That Jesus would oftentimes slip away, go to a solitary place, sometimes on a mountain, and he would pray. And he would take time. And pray. We live in a hurry, trying to make the most of every minute in our day. 
we see this on our calendars, see this in the way we drive, and we certainly see it in the drive-throughs, because they're just not fast enough, are they? Especially if you only get 25 minutes for lunch. But we can't seem to slow down in this world. We have bosses that want more of us, more out of us, clients who demand more of our time and attention, and our families who really actually do need us. They need more of us. We just live in a fast-paced world. But here's the thing, church. I propose this. I propose that we don't have to be ruled by it. And you're like, well, would you go tell my boss that? Would you go speak to my, my teacher at school? But really, since when are we as believers supposed to bow to the systems of the world? To the ways of this world? We don't have to be ruled by it. Many times, unfortunately, God becomes a passing thought instead of a forethought. It's after the fact. Oh, yeah, God, I was supposed to talk to you about that. Well, see, what had happened was. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? We live in hurry. We live fast. Now, I'm talking in general terms. Not, not everybody lives this way, but a large percentage of people live this way, and a large percentage of believers live this way. What do we do about this? Honestly, what do we do about, about this? How do we live this spiritual life that God calls us to live? To know him not as what he has done, but to know him and what he can do now. In the moment, in the here, in the now, in the present. In the present. I want, that's what David was getting at, and I think that's what the prophet Habakkuk was getting at, is... God, we, we, I know what you're capable of. I've heard. I've been there. I've experienced that before and heard other people talk about it. But what I need is right now, God. What I need you to do right now. And I get it. It's not necessarily about what I need him to do in the, in the, in the essence of what I'm getting at in this message. It's more or less going to him, talking to him, conversating with him, approaching him praying to him as much as it is. And here's the thing, you never have to be scared to say the wrong thing to God. God is all-knowing. He has all wisdom. And quite sometimes, friends, there's just sometimes we don't really have the words. We're just there that we try. And I, I, I dare say God can look inside of our heart and see what is really inside and know what we really need and knows what we are trying to get across to him. So don't ever be afraid to think, man, i got to say the right things because that is what Jesus was getting at here in Matthew 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray this way yet do another thing. Don't worry about those who, who the, the, the religious folks who babble on and on in religious rhetoric thinking that they're vernacular and their eloquency is what brings salvation to them. No. What Jesus was getting at, the raw heart of this prayer context is this. Pray from the heart. 
speak from the heart, right? Speak from right here inside. So what do we do about it? Does that mean, man, we got to just pray all day, not go to work? Some people would take that as, yeah, not go to school. No, obviously not. That's not the case. That's, that's not, not going to do it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. So what do we do? Whether we're in a car, whether we're in a room by ourselves, whether we're in the shower, whether we're off in solitary place, wherever we, we are, whatever we, we find ourselves doing, if we, you and I truly want to move forward, we got to learn to create space in our everyday life. By prayer. How do we do that? How do we do that? I'm not here to propose a one single answer like this is it. From now on, do it this way. Jesus didn't do it that way. But we can see a glance of his life. And there are some things we can take away from it that, I, that certainly help us. So out of this context, Matthew 6 and Jesus teaching on prayer. I just want to drop three thoughts on you about about prayer. I'm only going to give you one today. So you say, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm only going to give you one thought today. We'll pick up next week. Verse 9 and 10, again, back here in Matthew 6. Pray. When you pray, pray. He said, Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven God the Father I acknowledge you, you are good, you are great you are holy but you are not distant I know you you know me help me in my life today help me in my moment today help me in my situation today, help me know what your kingdom wants to do in my life. And Lord, not my will in this situation, because I sure have it. I need your will. I need your will. Jesus said, look, and they, they, these guys have never heard a more sincere prayer in their entire life than when it prays from the heart. Now, I'm not saying you can't ever write a prayer down and pray it from a piece of paper what Jesus is getting at is hey pray from sincerity pray from authenticity pray from within and so here's one the first thought today I will do start and finish with this one today and that is this prayer prevents lukewarmness and builds intimacy you see it right here Matthew 6 Jesus expressing the intimacy between him and the father and showing his followers this is what God wants with you I have it and it's not just for me but it's for all who call on the name of the Lord prayer prevents lukewarmness and builds intimacy we'll look at the end of the book here in Revelation chapter 3 John the Revelator is visited and he says Write this here, verse 14, chapter 3. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. 
And he says this. The Lord says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you were like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I have always really thoroughly liked that particular scripture. It paints such a, an intimate time. So I stand at the door and I knock. He said, I know what you've done. I see that you're not hot and you're not cold. You're in the middle. You're lukewarm. You're stagnant. You're just stagnant. You have spiritual lethargy. You're spiritually apathetic. You're not moving. You're just there. That's a tough spot to be in. That's, that's, that's a bad place to be in. And he says, because you're that way, look, I spew you out of my mouth. But here's the thing. He said, I'm, I'm pursuing you. I'm standing at the door of your life and I'm knocking on it. I'm knocking on the door of your heart and I will always knock because I will always want to come in and sit with you and have communion with you and share with you and be with you and build a relationship with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to still knock at the door of your heart. And so that's what he's expressing and, and, and Jesus in his teaching in Matthew 6 Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Expressing intimacy, expressing a knowledge, expressing I know him. Kind of like Elf and Santa Claus. (laughs) Anytime Elf, Buddy the Elf. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. That Buddy the Elf. Elfers in here. Yeah, you remember that? He hears somebody say Santa Claus, and he's like, I know him. And everybody thinks he's crazy. He knows him, and he doesn't care because he knows him. It's good to know Santa Claus, according to Buddy the Elf. What I, what I mean is, is just that. Jesus is like, I know him. I want you to know him like I know him. Because my father is good. My father is perfect. My father's the one who created you. My father's the one who took time to fashion and form your life and call it into existence. My father is the one who breathes life into you. My father is the one who, who has the blueprint for your destiny. That all you have to do is say yes to Jesus and you begin to live it out. My father is the one who created you with good things in mind. My father is the one who started a good work and he will not stop finishing doing that good work until it's completed when Jesus Christ returns. My father is patient. My father is kind. My father is faithful. My father knows best. For those over 50. Right? And Jesus is saying, look, I want you to know him like I know him. He said, when you don't know him like this, it creates 
lukewarmness, spiritual apathy and lethargy inside. You're not moving anywhere. You're just staying there. And staying there will do you no good. So church, if we're going to move forward in anything God has, we're going to go through, we go through life and life has seasons, but life is a journey. Just because I go through a bad season at some point in my life doesn't mean I will never again enter into a good season. No, because life is that way. It's cyclical. It will, it will change. And with God, He never changes, but in Him we change as we go through this journey with Him and learn how to walk with Him. A few weeks, a, few, a couple of months ago, uh, I preached a, a message on walking with God. Learning how to just walk with God. And a few years ago, I preached uh, a couple of different uh, sequel-type messages on what I, what I call D3, Daily Devoted Disciple. And, and, and in, in, in that back then, years ago, and in this most recent one that I preached a few months ago about walking with God, some things have become clear to me, and when really what the Lord is really trying to do trying to get me to understand is, is, that, is, is just that, that, that I don't just um, talk with him in the morning. I don't just talk with him when I go through a bad situation and really need his help, right? But I walk with God daily through every experience, through every meeting that I have, through every phone call that I have, through every email I read, through a text message I receive, through a conversation that I have, whatever it might be, whatever that day entails, God is showing me that, man, I don't, I don't just talk with God at home and then leave and go about my day, and then when I get home, oh, hey, God, how's it going? Been, been missing you all day. He's like, yeah, same here. It's teaching me that I walk, we walk with God daily. We walk with him daily. And so prayer, prayer prevents lukewarmness from settling in. And it builds intimacy with the Father. Now here it comes. Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. And so I came across this idea that's kind of been woven into the fabric of, of my life over the last year that I read by another pastor. He's a nationally known, world-known author as well. Peter Casero, Casero, I think is how you say his name. Anyway, he pastors another church up in Queens, New York called New Life Fellowship. I thought, okay, cool name. I like that name. New Life Fellowship, New Life Church. All right. So anyway, he introduced this, this thought that, that, that the Lord had given him, and he calls it the daily office. Uh, I call it D3, whatever. I haven't written a book yet, but I'll give him props down there. I'll give the cr proper credit. But no, seriously, what, 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 what he's getting at is this. Is, is build... Are you ready for this? What time is it? 11.49. Okay. It's three small blocks of time in your day. And when you do that, here's the thing. Whatever that small block of time is to you, two minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you consider small blocks of time that won't get you in trouble with 
uh, anybody that you're resp responsible to or for. Three small blocks of time, depending on when your day starts. Some of your days start a.m., like 5, 6 a.m., 4 a.m. Others starts at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. because you're working at night and you sleep during the day. You all have different types of shifts, uh, which I don't know how you do it, but grace to you. Uh, the three all, we have different work shifts and different dynamics of how, we, how, how life works for us. So whenever your day starts, whether you get up at 5 a.m. or 3 p.m., whatever, however it works for you, at that moment, begin to build in three small blocks of time. And in those blocks of time, think it, about it this way. Stop. Kind of reset, refocus, and get ready for the day. Read some scripture. And pray. Here's what I'm going to get at. When it comes to reading scripture and it comes to praying, you and I will never really know how to pray unless we learn how to talk God's language. The word of God. Now, that's a lot. But this was never meant to be digested in one moment, but to be consumed over the course of a lifetime. But obviously, just like anything, the more of it you experience, the more of it gets in you. Right? So, my, de my devotional time when it comes to reading, reading Scripture has changed so much over the last 26 years. And right now, I'm actually doing a thing where I'm reading the Psalms. I'm reading the book of Psalms and a proverb a day. Now, if truth be told... I've gone some days and not done that. Okay. All right. So we're still here. If you're fairly new in, as a believer in Christ... I would encourage you strongly, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and only read those for a while. Read the words in red. One of our brothers in the Lord, Max, created this thought, or had this thought that God gave him called read the red. All it was about was read all the red letters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're, if you're colorblind, then you're going to have to have a hard time with that. So I don't know what to tell you on that one, but... Ask somebody, I guess. Read the Gospels if you're fairly new in the Lord or you're searching, inquiring. Just, just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've been around the block a while and you've never really done it before, grab you a one-year Bible. Pick one of those up. And just take time each day throughout, the day, throughout each day. Read that whatever it is you're going to read a subscribe to a devotional buy you a devotional whatever that might whatever that is and I, and if some of you if you're here and you're looking at me like man I know this stuff you'd be surprised how many people don't when it comes to the word find something that will fit you something that you can work with and you can commit to. Now here's the thing. When it comes to the three small blocks of time. 
Don't feel like you got to read all of it right before you leave the house. Don't feel like you got to read all of it on your lunch break. Don't feel like you got to read all of it before you lay down at night because sometimes you just might be too doggone tired. Find three small blocks of time. Again, it, it, I, I'm just offering this as an example, okay? I'm not saying this is the way to holiness. Uh, follow these three small blocks of time and you're, you're good. For you, you might need six small blocks of time. For me, I need like 24. <laughs> Every hour on the hour. There are some days pastoring and fathering and husbanding and I ain't doing so good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, come here. It's, it's kind of like, this is, this is like the picture. I don't know, can, come right over in the middle. Where, where, come on up on stage. You didn't know you was going to go on stage. You didn't dress for the day, did you? No. You're on stage. No, you actually you did. It's called what? Lifestyle Christianity. How do we build a lifestyle Christianity when we got so much life happening in our life, so much drama? You know, some people just are addicted to drama. Like you just can't you just can't stand to not have no drama going on. So you create drama. That's another message I'll have to get to later. Uh, but lifestyle Christianity, man, this is it. Is this Todd White? Yeah, Todd White's thing, but it's really Jesus' thing. Right. Lifestyle Christianity. We learn to pray. I know, that's like way out there. Right? Thank you, sir. That's like way out there. Pray. Some of us in here be like, that's all I feel like I do is pray. It's one thing to just spout out things. It's another to actually connect with God. Because it's not like you're not telling God like you tell your kids, clean up your room. I told you three times already, clean up your room. And it's what? Not clean, right? No offense those of you under 18. But what the point is, is we feel like, well, I, I said it, therefore it must have been heard, right? No. Connect. Connect with the Lord. You might not feel a great connection at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Remember, going back to the pre beginning, we've got, we live in a hurry. Look at our calendars, you see it. Look at our days. You see it. Look at our email inbox. Oh my, how am I going to get through all those? Job requests, demands, phone calls, text, voicemails. How am I going to make it on a Monday? And you're waking up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And you're like, man, I don't have time. I got to get going. I got stuff to do. Would you rather go through your morning doing life by yourself? Out of your own wisdom and a strength and ability. Or would you rather take a small block of time and ask the Lord, wherever I go today, walk with me. Whatever thing I have to encounter today, help me. Whatever issue it is, some of those you'll know ahead of time because you've been thinking about them and others you don't know, they'll surprise you. 
Give me grace, wisdom to deal. Amen. And you move on. You go through your day beginning more and more each day to think about your awareness of the presence of the Lord. Some theologians call it practicing the presence of God. See, God is interested in your day. God is interested in your stresses. God is interested in our life. God is interested in our unique situations. How do we create space in our world? How do we create space in our life to have to try to gain traction and victory and fruitfulness and productivity? Working more? No. Praying more. And it's not about always going to the mountainside and getting away from it all. Although, come on. Yeah. Getting away from beach. Maybe it's the beach for you. I don't know. I don't know where that happy place is for you away from it all. You don't get those every day, so you, we don't get to go there every day. If you go there every day, people will be wondering about you. Or so-and-so, I guess they quit. Right? But building in blocks of time, my point being, building in blocks of time in our day to stop, to center yourself, to read Scripture, to get yourself in the Word of God, and take time to be still and to pray. Well, that took me 10 minutes to talk about one thing. That last part, I know it took longer than that. So, Lord, teach me how to pray. I think one of the ways you and I learn how to pray is the same way we learn how to talk. You be around other people who pray. And you'll learn more and more how to pray. Amen?